Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. Well, today is a big day for Nefesh Benefesh, a big day for the North American Jewish community. Today is uh, the day of the August charter flight from JFK to Ben Gurion Airport, carrying hundreds of Olim from North America to Israel. So we're going to revisit some of the amazing interviews that we did during the July charter aboard the Nefesh Benefesh flight. We're going to start with member of the press and distinguished um, uh, member of the um, Gideot Achronot community, Yoaz Hendel, who joined us to discuss this uh, unique and amazing trip to Israel with Nefesh Benefesh. Yoaz Hendel starts JM Rewind on this Nefesh Benefesh day here at the Nachum Siegel Network. All right, so we have a very, very special guest coming up. We have a lot of amazing members of the Israeli media who are on this flight. We have a lot of great people from the Israeli media who have joined in, uh, who, are, who are participating. And um, we're not going to be able to speak with all of them, but we, are, we will be able to speak with some of them. Yoaz Hendel is an Israeli military historian and journalist serving as chairman of the Institute for Zionist Strategy since May of 2012. Served at one point as Director of Communications and Public Diplomacy for Prime Minister Netanyahu. Lectured at Marilan University and has, uh, where he taught courses on terror and guerrilla warfare and has an unbelievable reputation when it comes to both media and when it comes to uh, serving in the Israeli military. Shalom, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for hosting me here in this airplane. For you, I know it's extra special. First of all, is this the first time you're doing this with Navesh? Is the first, uh, uh, yeah, the first time. First time you're the on the flight. First time that I'm doing interview on airplane. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, a while ago we broke that barrier. Uh, yeah. uh, and and secondly, not to be not to minimize it, you have a uh, relative, a cousin on the flight. Right. Making a Second cousin. Yeah. And do you know where they're moving to? Have they told you? Uh, they are moving to Jerusalem, and Very the nice. first brother made Aliyah four years ago and joined the army, the parachuters, Tzanchanim. And now with the second and the third, uh, the sister, the little sister, is going to move to Israel probably in the winter. All right. You and I spent some a little bit of time together this past Friday. Right. Word started getting around that things were getting very difficult in Israel, northern border, southern border, Friday specifically in the south. And there were even rumors flying around that someone like yourself might have to head back to Israel in order to be there if something, God forbid, would break out. What 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 actually happens? Is there is when things like that occur? Is there a moment's notice where you're simply told, "I know you're in the United States, but your orders are to come back immediately"? No, it takes time. But usually, um, as a lieutenant colonel in the IDF Reserve Duty Service, I'm trying to be aware to what's happening and trying to be relevant if something is happening. And in that case. Uh, I think that the, the state of Israel had the ability to contain the events, even though that they were very traumatic and we lost uh, one of our soldiers. But uh, statistically, unfortunately, from time to time we are in the middle, we find ourselves in the middle of a military operation in Gaza or in the north or in other places, with all the flourishing and the success and the achievements, we are still in the Middle East. Yeah bad neighborhood sometimes. Right, right. And very difficult. Yoaz Hendel is with us. Um, the uh, the perspective, uh, and you worked in Prime Minister's office for what length of time? For how long? Uh, for 10 months. For 10 months. 
I don't know what that experience was like, but it's obvious that uh, that at the moment it seems that the prime minister is enjoying a a um, comfortable position in his in the Israeli political scene. It doesn't seem that at the moment he is at all being challenged uh, in terms of the position of prime minister of Israel. Would you agree with that? I think that uh, it's quite clear that Netanyahu is very strong politically, but at the same time he has a lot of uh, problems, and probably in the next year he will find himself with uh, different exusations, and this, uh, the, the investigations, part of them, had ended with recommendation of the police to charge him, so I don't think he's going to have a paradise in the next year. Politically, yes, he's strong enough, Um, there is, I would say that Netanyahu is enigma. In one side, he's very um, strong. He sees things strategically in a very clear way. He uh, understands deeply the diplomatic uh, needs of Israel. And he, as you know, he created a very strong relationship with the sta- United States, with uh, President Trump, and at the same time with Putin, which is very unique. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, locally, domestically, you can see how we play very low politics, which might, he might study it from uh, President Trump and might create it by himself in the last uh, cadence. But there, is, there are two Netanyahu's. One of them is the statement, the, um, you know, the, the, the person, the politician who knows how to... Uh, deal with uh, different challenges in the wild war and the other one is uh, Netanyahu the politicians that, that deal and fight against other small politicians inside Israel and sometimes even uh, try to uh, separate uh, or try to uh, um, be um, rude, aggressive regarding his opponents in the Israeli politics. The media, at least in the United States, made a very big deal about what happened last Friday in the Knesset. The list of things that were passed at the quote-unquote last minute. Are those some of the things that you mean when it comes to Netanyahu being a little bit low politically, as you put it? No, not that, because this is, I think, uh, for a change, this is ideological debate. And in those aspects, I'm very close to Netanyahu. I'm one of the people in Israel that support the uh, national bill because I think that this is nation part state right? yeah because right. I think that this is part of what we are trying to achieve which is a constitu- a kind of a constitution you in the United States um, have a constitution and it doesn't matter who is the president after four or eight years you will find yourself at the same position right and it cannot change the character of Israel in Israel we have no constitution and And we know that we have uh, demographic changes and uh, and no one knows where we will be in uh, 2048 100 years after the establishment of Israel and I think that we need its time since we are Ama Sefer uh, it's a time to define who we are people of the book people of the book yeah <clears throat> people of the world and we we right. We need to define ourselves with words to define our democratic character, which is very important for us, and to define our national character. And this is part of it. This is part of the process, part of the discussion. And, this, and the discussion is very healthy, as I think. Uh, uh, the Jewish Pormus debate, right. it's part of our heritage. And I think that uh, one should uh, 
interpreted the, the, the process as a very democratic uh, process and not as a dramatic and I heard and I saw the headlines regarding the character of Fizel right. and uh, our democratic character and I think that this is a very democratic uh, process and I hope that at the end of the day we'll maintain and strengthen our checks and balances and, as a Jewish state and as a democratic state. Yeah, this the New York Times was quite bothered by it. Yeah, you which know, I'm sure but, you saw. Yeah, yeah but uh, you know what? It's very connected to what we see here in the Nefesh Benefesh uh, flight because if one, if one wants to influence on what's happening in Israel and he thinks that he wants to make Israel more liberal and less conservative or the opposite side, he should be part of Israel. And I'm, I can only tell you as Israeli, as Zionistic, as someone that believes in Israel, that I, my goal is to keep Israel as I know it, uh, to keep Israel, to keep the checks and balances. And I think that the, the, this bill is important to, uh, first of all, to deliver this message and secondly, to create some kind of, to, to, to shape, to shape it uh, to the future. Um, if one thinks that I'm wrong, it's okay. You can mm-hmm. become part of Israel right. and, to, and to change and to influence. And I think that the, those um, ultra-liberals or people who think that this is uh, not the right way, I'm more than um, welcome them to join and to make Aliyah and to be part of Israel and to influence on what Join the process. Here. Join the process, yeah. And I'm, look, I'm, I belong to the part in Israel which is a liberal right. I believe in rights for everyone. I believe in rights uh, uh, <coughs> and in liberal uh, values and democratic values. And at the same time, I know that with all the respect to different rights and uh, slogans, at the end of the day, we are in the Middle East and we should and need to keep Israel as a Jewish state. Um, and you do that by uh, creating, uh, first of all, by creating ideas and then by creating different bills and uh, Maybe one day even a constitution. Yoaz Hendel is with us. Yediot Achronot. You're a writer. You're a historian. You're a journalist. Is this worthy of an article? Is this worthy of a magazine feature? Is this worthy of a book that 2,000 people every year leave North America and come to Israel? For sure. Um, but as a columnist, for me, what is much more interesting is the... Um, I think the conflict or maybe the process that we are witness uh, in the Jewish diaspora and in Israel, the relationship between the Israelis and the Jewish community in the States. And we have many gaps, many conflict and even tension on different subjects from uh, the Kotel uh, um, configuration, configuration <laughs> until the conversion, conversion and other issues. Yeah. And this is, uh, again, a Jewish uh, debate, and I'm historian, so I remember that we had many debates in the past. Uh, if we want to learn something from history, is that we should, we should argue and not fight with each other. We right. should argue with words. And I think that what we see uh, here, it's part of it. Uh, the, I, I would raise the subject of, or at least the questions, if... Israel still encouraged uh, Jews all over the world to make Aliyah or we gave up. We want them to live in the States and to help us, to help us from outside. Maybe the state of Israel gave up on the reforms, which mm-hmm. is the majority of the Jews in the States. And right. This is a huge question, which I feel uncomfortable when I see 
different declarations that comes from Israeli politicians, even those that I know that this is a domestic politics. And I think that those questions are part of what we see here, because uh, you see that the majority of the Olim are coming from Orthodox uh, background, which is, you, you cannot ignore it. And uh, It's you- funny, on this flight... Because I believe next month, like we've seen many times, a lot of the Chayalimbo Dadim are right. going to be from non-Orthodox right, backgrounds. Right, right. And, and you know, it, 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 maybe, it could, maybe it will make the discussion more interesting because those Chayalimbo Dadim, and we, we have visited in uh, Rama Camp, and you see nice... Camp Rama, Camp, Camp Rama, Rama, right. Camp Rama. And you I see heard that very, was beautiful. It's very beautiful. It was my first time there. And you see very beautiful people that uh, conservatives right. that decide that they want to make Aliyah and I know that uh, the moment that they will land in Israel they will have to cope with different stereotypes about uh, conservatives Correct. which it's part of the problem because the majority of the Israelis they do not know how to know what is conservatives and what, is, what, are, what does it mean to be a reform conservative right. and open orthodox uh, normal orthodox and modern orthodox and all those the terms and titles that uh, probably the majority of the uh, jury in the states know exactly what does it mean. The Israelis are not familiar with. I remember the time, the first time that I saw a reformed Jew was when I was uh, 21 years old. And I grew up in a modern Orthodox community, in a settlement. And I was very interested in Jewish history and uh, <clears throat> the idea of Jewish, different Jewish streams, and unfortunately, I have never seen a reformed Jew until I was 21 and I joined the army. And I, I had a week in the um, military officer schools, and they they forced us actually to meet different types of Jews. So we met the reform rabbi and reform and conservative rabbi, and for me it was the first time. I think that this is very sad that the young Jewish. A student or boy uh, growing up in Israel and he doesn't really know how the Jewish people looks like specifically here and this is part of the problem we right. should know better the Jewish diaspora and I think that the Jewish diaspora and I'm saying that specifically to the liberals uh, and I hear the voices I see the polls I understand the problems they should understand better the character of Israel not to shape it in black and white, not to paint it in black and white. Um, the Orthodox in Israel and the conservatives in Israel, they are also debating, discussing, uh, trying right. to maintain the character of Israel as a democratic state. Yo, as Hendel, I would assume you knew my cousin Shia Segal. Right. I would right. assume I you didn't knew know him. that you, you, he was your cousin. First yeah, cousin. Our oh. fathers were brothers. Wow. Yeah. He, uh, I remember as a kid, he used yeah. to work for Ma'ariv. Right. As a photographer. Wow. And he took us to Ma'ariv to see how they made a newspaper in those days, 1977. Long, long time ago. Anyway, was, I uh, thought you would know. He was a Yehudi And uh, he was involved in politics. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot of stories. Sure. Yes. Very cool out person. I think the most recent story that we saw with last time we were in Israel with Sarah Netanyahu, I, right. be- I believe he was the one that was being yelled right, at. Right, right, right. <laughs> so he's, he, he was all over. Right. Uh, everyone knew him. Tadaraba, thank you so much. Thank for the pleasure much. to meet thank you and a pleasure to spend this time with you. The pleasure to make my first interview on the plane. <laughs> I appreciate that. Please tell, every, tell all your friends. <laughs> Tadaraba. More coming up. It is a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. That's right, a Wednesday morning edition of JM in the AM. And...
We'll do this classic from Naomi Shemer, Al Kolela, as we get set to wrap up hour number one from the plane. We're with Nefesh Benefesh here at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Dr. Yoaz Hendel, who's also chairman of the Institute for Zionist Strategies in Israel. Next is Hani Lowenstein, daughter of uh, Senator and Mrs. Uh, Lieberman, who uh, in July, with her uh, husband and children, moved to Israel, made Aliyah on the Nefesh Nefesh July flight. Here she is, the conversation that took place on the plane here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Hani Lowenstein is here. Hani Lowenstein is here with her family. At one time, known as uh, Hani Lieberman, correct? Correct. I saw your parents at the uh, at the airport. Um, I've had the privilege of interviewing both your parents, who both have incredible stories. Had the privilege of speaking with them on the air. I would have told your father years ago that politics is not the occupation for a nice Jewish boy, but I don't know if he would have listened. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Especially knowing where he ended up getting. But, uh, you know, sometimes I just think, and I'm not kidding when I say this to you, um, he, he is such a nice person. How he got involved in politics, I will never know. But boy, did he do well at it and represent our people in such an amazing way. So at, at least we got that out of it, huh? A hundred percent. And he really is such a nice person. It's not just uh, yeah, we out, you know, on the outside, also on the inside. We've spent time with them and they're amazing. All right, so here we are, Khani uh, Lowenstein, who until today lived where? In Baltimore, Maryland uh, for the past three years. Woodmere before that, Israel for one year before that, and the Gross Kolel, and then for two years in Washington Heights. So we've been on our journey. So should I ask if you're married to, uh, to, well, I'm trying to think, are you married to a lone scene that has roots in Atlanta or not? No. No, okay. Rel- relatives or not? No. There you go. It's a common question. I'm, I'm over, yeah, well-known family. Over for 2. Sorry about that. Um, so until now, you've been in those places. At some point, I assume in the last few weeks or months, you decided with your family that this is the move you're going to make. Can you take us to the beginning of that process? Sure. So the beginning of that process actually happened probably even before my year in Israel, where I really um, decided that I wanted to live in Israel. Um, I was one of those who spent the year in Israel. I applied to Shayrut Lumi. I got in at Shaw. Where did you go to high school? I, just got I went to Hebrew Academy Greater Washington. Okay that play oh, called right? Hogwash, oh, now Hogwash, it's called right. Berman, right. Um, and then I spent a year learning in Israel, and I wanted to stay. It didn't work out at that point, and so I came back to America to Stern College. I was set up with my uh, with my husband, whose family is actually a Lower East Side family, originally, um, and right when we started dating, we both knew we wanted to go to Israel, and so that was 10 years ago, and now... Nine years after where we were married, it's actually our anniversary today. Ended wow, up. mazel tov! That's amazing. Um, so this whole time we've been planning to go to Israel, and it was just a matter of my husband finishing his medical school and his residency until we could get there. And we took a brief year in the Gross Kolel for him to finish up smicha also. So it's been it's been somewhat of a long road, but it's always been in our plans, and we're happy to actually. Bezos Hashem actualized that dream that's been a dream for a long time. How old is your oldest? My oldest is seven, and my I have a seven, six, four, and two-year-old, all boys. So it's a fun flight. <laughs> I can especially, especially with the two-year-old. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so it's, it's a perfect time to come. 
Uh, yeah, age-wise, you'd have to say. Perfect, yeah, it's perfect. Speaking to Hani Lowenstein, uh, she'll be living in Israel as of now, and Ola with her family, Ola Chadasha. By the way, you should know, and w- because you mentioned the age of the uh, of the children, <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at Mary Wallach because she'll remember the story. Um, <laughs> one time, we are off the plane from one of these, for us, fake Aliyah flights, and we're watching everybody descend, and there is a woman about your age with one child in one arm, oh, no. one child in another arm, one child hanging onto her leg, another child, you know, that type of scene. And she looks at me as she, as she sees how terrible I feel for her as she's walking down the steps. And she looks at me and says, it's okay, there's no flight back. <laughs> and I thought that really sums it up. Exactly. You know, this is the last hard part for this journey. Exactly. And now we start our life in Israel. And it seems like you feel the same way. A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, they're doing very well thus far, but, you know, we'll see how it goes over the next next seven hours. And you know there's no flight back. Exactly. Did you convince everybody in the older generation to come visit once in a while? Will they be coming to Israel Oh, yeah, they're coming a lot. They already planned out their first trip, and they'll be planning out more trips. That must be a great feeling. It's amazing, right? It's it's always so important, as everyone who knows his family that lives in Israel, to have that next trip planned, that you know you're going to see your family then. Um... So, yeah, we're happy they're coming in just about two months, God willing. Incredible. The whole yeah. thing's amazing. And it sounds like from your voice that you can't wait to get home. And I mean literally yeah. for the plane to land and you to get to your new home. Yeah, I just wanted to add with my, you know, coming from my family, my mother is uh, my mother is the the daughter of Holocaust survivors. Which she has described me, to our audience. Exactly. Right? So, for me, this is like on, on both sides. My father... Um, my father and mother grew up in a, in a home with such strong uh, values. And my mother really, being the daughter of Holocaust survivors, bringing it to the next generation of, um, of you know, of building after all that was lost and bringing it to Eretz Israel is a tremendous success for us. Um, and it's really our dream to build our, continue to build our family in Eretz Israel where we feel that we can actualize upon our, our potential the most. Because you know the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. Yes, we're, uh, we're very excited to, to be a part of, of this time in Jewish history and, and to take advantage of the opportunity um, to live in Israel. And you sound like you appreciate the short distance between the horrors of the Holocaust and this incredible miracle of your Aliyah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. And I feel like it's such a zuchus to be able to come, to come on this flight. I think of my cousins who came just a generation or two back. Um, they came and they got off. They came as orphans and they came and they got off the boat. And with a gun in hand, they fought for the state of Israel. And now we're coming in, in this way. Um, it's a tremendous zuchus to be part of the building up of, of the land of Israel. Chani, what a pleasure to meet you. Mazal tov to the Thank whole you. Lowenstein family. And uh, enjoy life in Israel. Thank you. Thank you so much. An amazing moment to have you on and to speak about uh, the past, present, and future. That was my conversation with Chani Lowenstein aboard the July charter flight, the NBN flight, to Israel. Akiva Hollinger is next. He is uh, a former Mennonite, convert to Judaism. He, his wife, and nine children converted to Judaism and not only became Orthodox Jews, but now became Israeli citizens. They moved to Israel during the uh, July Nefesh Benefesh charter flight. We had an opportunity to speak with him. Here's that conversation at the Nahum Siegel Network. We have now... I believe this is the first time, <laughs> I believe, this is the first time that we have ever interviewed in any forum. I have to really think. It is 35 years after all. I'd have to really think. But I believe it's the first time that we've interviewed in any forum somebody who claims to be a former Mennonite. Would that be accurate? Correct. A former Mennonite. Akiva Hollinger. 
I assume your name is not always Akiva. Uh, that is correct. Okay. Should I ask or not? Uh, my former name was Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, you are actually going south, meaning you'll be living in the southern part of Israel. Correct. You are from Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yes. Now, our whole experience, again, we come back to camp, our whole experience with the Mennonite community um, was that uh, was that there were certain areas that we would spend the summer months in, uh, whether it was near Allentown, Pennsylvania, uh, Route 15, Sparta, New Jersey, and that area. Yes. You're familiar with that area, yes. right? That is a Mennonite-heavy <laughs> area, correct? Correct. So we used to travel to Route 15, Route 206, go to back roads up to the Poconos, you know. And I know that that was an area that your community uh, at the time was uh, was part of. And now, in fact, up in uh, Guilford, New York, Oxford, New York, and that area, there are now um, uh, members of the community. Uh, at some point, do you mind asking if I ask you how old you are? I'm just curious for the purposes of this conversation. Take a guess. Not 37. You're 37. <laughs> at some point, you, I, I guess, based on my notes, and I'm taking a guess here, based on my notes, you, you left what would we call what? Mennonitism? Or Correct. Menon- and, and you converted to Judaism? Correct. Or? You converted to How long ago was that? Uh, a year and a half. A year and a half ago. Yes. How did you discover Judaism? Uh, There's a t- long process in that um, I would say closely discovered it probably about five years ago four years ago which personalities that I might have heard of had an influence on your discovering Judaism uh, you ever hear of New Square New York I certainly have um, spent a lot of time with the Square Rebbe up there well um, I actually raised chickens for the Rebbe and because your chickens are what that he can't go get regular kosher chickens it was just the way they wanted them raised. Interesting. Um, I worked at a chick hatchery at the time. And In what city, if I may ask? Uh, Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Which is just about 40 minutes south of Allentown. Right. Um, so they were having some problems, and so I opted to give it a try and see if I could get a better chicken for them. And we were successful. And really connected with um, uh, Rabbi Natuli Lauber there in New Square and got to meet the Rebbe once. So that was kind of the onset. They're the, actually the ones that directed us to Allentown um, as I started to inquire more. Um, they would come down through in Dobbin, and uh, that's how we got connected with Allentown there. Do you know what we know about that area? The Iron Pigs. That's oh, what that is true. <laughs> the, the baseball team. That's what we know uh, about that area. I know of it. I don't follow baseball. I'm a little, uh, it's a little bit too slow for me. So you're part of the Mennonite community, which to us means, and it's funny coming from us when we have our own communities that can be described this way, for us means isolated, um, somewhat somewhat living in the past when one looks at things from a 2018 uh, technological standpoint. Would that be accurate? Uh Partially. Partially. Partially, yeah. Um, we were not like the Amish. You know, we had electric, we had telephones, we had a car. Uh, we did not have a TV. Did women drive in your community? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, we live right next door to the Amish and, you know, horse and buggy people. Right. Uh, but, yeah. And, and you dressed in a way that neighbors would know you're noticeably Mennonite. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was definitely a significant de- dress difference in that part of it. Um, right. Like... You know, we didn't wear, you know, we wore, sh- like, basically, like, shirts buttoned down the front. We didn't wear shorts. Right. Uh, modesty was very, uh, at a high priority in the community. And, um, again, this, this journey to Judaism through Allentown, Pennsylvania, ends with, or starts with, one would say, conversion about 18 months ago. Correct. When does one take the leap? 
from conversion, because remember, some of us have not taken this leap yet, <laughs> to Aliyah, to wanting to move to Israel? Uh, it, I would say probably four years ago, I actually came with uh, Rabbi Bolinsky from Allentown um, when they were having the last conflict with Gaza. And he, Summer of 2014. Right. And we had came over in August. He had come over. He had a mission trip to visit the wounded soldiers. And so I said, he made a, not a public announcement uh, at Shockery's one morning. And I said, I, I was not converted at the point. We were, we were doing I just, I'd come up for Shockery's. You Shockery were attending services. Uh, just on Sunday morning. Right. I'd come up for Shockery's and Dafyomi. Get familiar with everything. Yeah, just to learn more about that in part. And, uh, that Dafyomi is tough, huh? <laughs> well, I enjoy it. And some of that may be come back from my background, you know, for digging deep, right. you know, understanding what's, what's a lot more to it. And I, I really enjoy that study. Um, and then uh, he, when, uh, and at the end of Chakris, he said, hey, I'm going to Israel on Wednesday. This was on Sunday. He goes, anybody want to come along? And I'm like, uh, you know what? I can take some time off of work. I'll go. So I came for four days. And fell in love with the place? Uh, I, I absolutely did. It was, um, we spent a lot of time in uh, the one day, on Thursday, we spent in, uh, down, we went down to, Be- we visited two army bases and we went down to Beersheba. And I loved it. It was just, um, uh, I think a lot in uh, America, you have, a lot of people become, you know, not to put down, but a lot of, a lot of them are doctors and lawyers. You know, I come from an agricultural background. Uh, my dad was a mechanic. Will you be working in agriculture in Israel? Oh, that, that'd be a, a, that's, I'd, I'd like to, to get be back determined. Into it. Yeah, I'd like to get back into it possibly. Um, to start, I'm going to be a handyman mechanic just to familiarize myself with uh, the culture, the language. Where will you be living? Well, Fakim. Wow. So, um, so it, it's a lot more uh, culturally like somewhere I came from, you know, uh, down to earth. It's close. To, it's close to a rough area. Uh, it's close to towns that are being hit by rockets at times. Yeah. Uh, you know, different people did ask me about that. How do I feel about that? You know, they tell my children. I was like, oh, sure, I tell them about it. They know about it. But I think um, you, you teach them how to handle it. Um, you teach them how to uh, approach those circumstances without fear. If you fear something, then that's, that, the battle's already won for the enemy. Um, so you, you just, you're alert. You know what's going on aware of your surroundings, and uh, you don't let it detract from it. Akiva Hollinger is a former Mennonite. He's from Allentown, Pennsylvania. He's making Aliyah today. Uh, before I wish you a mazel tov and, and complete this conversation, I am curious what your neighbors, those who grew up with you, those who went to school with you, what are they thinking of this move today? Uh, they're, they're, I think, I'd say a lot of them uh, probably are concerned. Um, some of them, you know, they're 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 not sure. Um, do you have a family? We do. Yeah, my my parents have been uh, very supportive. It's not without, you know. They're it's like my my father said. He says, uh, "I don't want to see you leave," but he goes, uh, "You know, he wished us the best. He right. wished us." Well, I meant that you on board with family. Oh yeah, yeah. We have nine children. You have nine children all yeah. on the plane. All on the plane. You're but, a family of eleven on the plane. Yes. Yep. So the oldest is sixteen. The youngest is nine months. Uh, four boys, five girls. So Hashem has been very blessed. Has blessed us very well. Miriam, family of eleven on the plane. <laughs> Wait, let me let me let me tell Tani because I doubt he knows. Tani, family of eleven on the plane. <laughs> you know I'm joking. 
Akiva, what a delight to meet you. It's a pleasure. What row are you in? Maybe I'll come say hi to everybody. Uh, we're back the whole way back uh, at 50-51. You're in 50-50. I'm going to try my best to see if I can say uh, hi to everybody. Oh, sure. Absolutely amazing. Kolakalota, mazel tov to you. I promised you a mazel tov. There it is. Mazel tov to you. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Well, we've met some interesting people uh, on our Nefesh Benefesh journeys. Akiva is on that list of very interesting people with, um, for us, different and unusual backgrounds. And for us, an amazing commitment to the future of the Jewish people in the state of Israel. That was my conversation with Akiva Hollinger, who is the, uh, who is the former Mennonite, he and his family now Orthodox Jews, and now residents of Israel. One of the benefactors of the journey in July, part owner of the Miami Marlins, Ari Ackerman. He was on the flight uh, to experience this incredible rush as um, hundreds of Olim from North America were moving on the charter flight from North America to Israel. This was my conversation with Ari Ackerman aboard the plane in July on this Nefesh Benefesh Day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We have with us uh, here in our uh, mobile studio at the Nahum Siegel Network, Ari Ackerman. Ari Ackerman is described as an entrepreneur and Nefesh Benefesh supporter. He is here on the plane. Ari Ackerman, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me, although I have no choice but to sit right here, right? <laughs> this is it. This is the studio. <laughs> this is the studio. Yeah. We, we say it's a mobile <laughs> studio, but not that mobile. <laughs> I, mo- I moved one seat over for all your listeners. And look where you there. ended up. Imagine, yeah, amazing. Yeah, Imagine that. Yeah. So someone tells me based on our research, that you at one time were associated with an outfit called BunkOne.com. I, I was more than associated. I am the founder and former CEO of BunkOne. Does it still exist? It absolutely still exists. I started the company back in 1999. Uh, I owned it for 17 years, and I just sold it last March to a private equity shop. And the idea being, if I, and I know something about camping, right. uh, the idea being we are going to make camp life for the parents as easy as possible, and for the camps, all in one, all in one spot. Everything you need, all there on the site. Uh, I, that's a pretty good description. I mean, what, what I like to always have said when uh, I owned the company was uh, it was a one-way window for a parent to non-intrusively see what was going on at camp right. to keep the magic, the camaraderie, the experience that the campers have all along. But the parents are now able to see in a pasture-protected area the pictures of what's going on at camp and are able to send emails that are printed out for the kids at camp. So the kids aren't on computers when they're there. They're doing what they should be doing at right. camp. And we have all sorts of other technologies like online registration and a database management. Of course, I still say we, although it's not we anymore, right. but it was my baby for 17 years. Any so. idea how many camps took advantage of the BunkOne.com uh, platform? Uh, we had over 2,000 camps that use it. At Very our, our nice. Peak. Yeah, we, we, we had, I invented this product for the summer camp world back in 1999. So if anybody was using something outsourced, they were using me. And where did you go to camp? Uh, I went to a camp called Winocchi. Oh, I've heard of it. Of course I've heard of it. Sure. It's a lot of Jewish boys, but not a lot of religious Jewish boys went to my camp. Amazing, I'll tell you. I got my religion at Ramaz. I went to Yeshiva High School and then... On the Upper East Side. On the Upper East Side, yeah. Very nice. Um, So today... Uh, now that you've uh, moved on from BunkOne.com, apparently you have some type of stake in the Miami Marlins. That's correct. So I sold the company last March to a private equity shop, as I mentioned, and we got a lot of business business press on the sale. And I got approached uh, shortly after the press came out by a group led by Derek Jeter. Yeah. And uh, Derek uh, uh, called me directly 
to see if I'd be interested in this deal. Met with them, and we uh, agreed on terms. And I was the first guy, one of the first guys in on the deal uh, to buy the Marlins. And that was in April of last year. We ended up closing the deal in October. Uh, we bought the team for $1.2 million, and I have enormous, enormous faith in what we're about to accomplish over there in Miami. If I had Wi-Fi, I'd look up their record. I don't know how you're doing, Craig, well, this you year. Know, the- so what I like to say right now is we're the 22nd best team in baseball. <laughs> okay. And people were predicting we'd be the, the worst team in baseball because we did have to make some trades for... Um, for some financial reasons and to rebuild our farm system. The Yankees benefited from that. The Yankees got a very good player, yeah. but we got a lot of very good young players in return for Giancarlo. So you have exceeded your expectations. I'd like to think we've exceeded our expectations, and I'd like to hope that the fans uh, turn out and appreciate what we, we, uh, we want to accomplish down there. Why are you on this flight to Israel today? So I'm on this flight. I'm also very proud to say that I come from a very philanthropic and a very Zionistic family. Um, my grandfather was literally one of the founders of the state of Israel, Meshulam Rickless, if you know who he Oh, is. my gosh. You're the grandson of Meshulam Rickless? That's correct. And uh, That name in my house was always bandied about at the Shabbos table by my father, who was very involved in the Zionist movement way, uh, way back. Yeah, and I mean... Your grandfather was Meshulam Rickless. Wow. If any of my relatives, Rickless. He's 94 is years Mish- old. Excuse me, is Meshulam And Rickless. he lives in Tel Aviv, and one of the reasons I go there a lot is to see him as much as I possibly can. And so I come from that pedigree, and also my mom, who was really just a legendary uh, philanthropist in New York, who I unfortunately lost five and a half years ago, but like to do everything I can to support the work that both my grandfather and my mom ha- have done for so many years. So I do my part, and uh, I really didn't know about Nefesh by Nefesh until uh, almost a few weeks ago. My main focuses were in APAC and UJA. You had never heard of the organization? I, I knew people you know, made Aliyah, and right. I knew there was Olim, but I didn't really know what this organization did. Wow, amazing. Yeah. And here you are, and here I with am, 232 people. 232 amazing uh, Some of them are brave. likely Ramaz graduates, by the way. I'm sure. Actually, I saw somebody I knew on are the you serious? And I said to her, I went to Ramaz with you. He goes, no, no, I know you're from a Jewish organization. But you know, We're so old at this point, we don't know who's who from where. <laughs> That's funny. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, I'd like to think I... I I can carry on that tradition, and one of the reasons I, I was very excited about this when I first heard about it was because of my Zionistic background and being very proud of my roots and my heritage and being able to support the community after my sale of Bunk One and uh, doing uh, some unique and special things like you guys do here. Amazing. Um, Ari Ackerman's our guest, uh, entrepreneur and, and somebody who's a supporter of Nefesh for Nefesh, simple as that, enjoying the flight to Israel with 232 Olim. Well, it's only been two hours. So yeah. But seven at, hours, at hopefully, the, we'll at, still enjoy. At this point, you know? enjoy. You know, yeah, at, right. at this point, it's still accurate. Yeah. Um, uh, the whole thing is remarkable, what Nefesh for Nefesh has been doing, and uh, I don't have to tell you how amazing the philanthropic work in the Jewish community is, and at the same time, the corporate work in the Jewish community is. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is it's no secret that Israel is now a hub for high-tech and, uh, you know, startup nation, etc., etc. Have you, as somebody who has invested in one of the largest investments in America, right, Major League Baseball, I would think one of the biggest outfits in America, have you dabbled in the Israeli market when it comes to corporate affairs? Yeah, interestingly enough, I've, I've invested in maybe 15 to 20 businesses, uh, a lot of people who are Jewish startups, maybe even some Israelis there, but not a, an actual Israeli company that I've ever invested in. And believe me, I would love to. <laughs> if there's any Israelis out there with a good idea, believe me, I hear a lot of some them. Some of them do very well. Yeah, huh? some of them do very, very well. And, you know, there's obviously the intellectual capital in, in the state of Israel is phenomenal. And 
Uh, you know, so many great, uh, amazing companies uh, have started in Israel, and so many companies uh, come to Israel to, to take advantage of these intellectual capital that, that's available there. So, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. I just, I just, for my own personal business investments thus far, I have not uh, been an Israeli investor yet. Interesting. Um, speaking with Ari Ackerman, uh, your family in Israel, aside from your grandfather, are there other family members in Ab- the state of Israel? Absolutely. I have my grandfather's sister is there, Aviva Naaman, who's a, uh, a famous artist in Israel, and she has her whole family there, her kids and her grandkids. Um, and uh, my aunt goes there a lot. And uh, we, just, we just have very strong Israeli Zionistic uh, ties and uh, again, I try to do a lot in New York City. Uh, I, I host a lot of events at my at my house for literally dozens of Jewish organizations and uh, do my part that I can for Israel. But the real heroes are everybody that's on this plane today, the people that are actually taking their lives and moving it to the state of Israel. I mean, I'm proud to give um, financially and do what I can to promote and support all I can. But the people that are sacrificing their existence in the United States to move to the incredible state of Israel, I believe are our true heroes, along with the soldiers of Israel and the way they protect the Jewish homeland. And as you know, we wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, where are you heading after the journey to Israel? So, I'm actually, it's actually a quick trip, so I'll be there Wednesday, Thursday, then on Friday morning I fly to Miami for, for meetings this weekend in Miami, Friday, Saturday, uh, Marlin stuff, and then on Sunday... I fly to New York very early in the morning because I have to take my nephew and niece to summer camp, Jewish summer camp, because uh, I never miss a, a drop-off or visiting day for my nephew and niece at camp. That's fantastic. I have a camp background. How could I not do it? I, uh, I you, chose the camp they you are went speaking, to. So. You are speaking to a father who, because of my experience as a head counselor for years, drives Kamisora, oh, yeah. drives his kids to camp the first day of camp every while. So Everyone else know, is going on the bus. I, I love the Ruach. <laughs> I love when you drive into camp. It's and the I love, greatest. Like when, you, when all the counselors are screaming. And oh, it's, it's the greatest. Israeli flags and the, you know, it's to have that in America and, and to, because my, my niece and nephew are... I uh, live in Boulder, Colorado, so mm. they don't have a large community there. So it was very important to my sister and I to choose a camp where they would learn the blessings and learn, um, you know, what Shabbos is and what the Torah is and all the important things that you should have when you're growing up and, and have a lot of Jewish friends from summer camp as well and maybe even a husband or a wife. Because, by the way, my other passion is Jewish continuity, if you want to get into that. So. Amen to that. Amen to that. Nothing wrong with that. Amen to that. Um, so you'll, you'll love this little anecdote. Yeah. Uh, I, I just drove, uh, at the first day of camp, I drove my 13-year-old to camp. He's the youngest, and he was going, whatever, separately from everybody else with their staff members. And I drove him up the first day of camp, and it's, you know, a long three-hour drive, and yeah. it can be a little boring. He, uh, he's falling asleep in the car, etc. And we get to the main gate, and he says to me, I love this place. Uh, and that was, was his, his first year? Not his first. He's his, his fifth year. Oh, okay, and it yeah. made my summer that I bring my kid there and hear a comment like that on day number one. So. Listen, look at me. I spent 17 years in the oh, camp business. The greatest. I, I have a, a friend who does an adult camp at the end of the camp uh, end of the camp season every summer, and I go every year. Oh, are you so, serious? Absolutely. I, I actually You're literally won, one of us. Oh, I'm 100% one of you. I'm very proud to say one of my greatest accomplishments in life. I feel like I've done a few things, but one of my greatest accomplishments is winning best athlete at the adult camp a few years ago. Did they give me a trophy? Oh, yeah, not. I, I got a little trophy, but more importantly, I got a cardboard piece of paper with a handwritten note that said "Best Athlete Ari Ackerman." Voted on award. I only think it was, a, but the award that, itself was like classic camp style. That is the greatest. That is the greatest. By the yeah. way, how many people have said to you that there are other Ari Ackermans? 
I just heard that. I know of two. Yeah. I know of two others. So funny you should say that. So my first, one we met last night. My first job out of college was I worked on Capitol Hill for a congressman named Gary Ackerman. Sure, who retired from New York, recently. Right? yeah, from Queens, Long Island, right. and he had a son named Ari Ackerman. So there's three now that yeah. I signed. And, and, and you know, there's no nepotism allowed in Congress if you pay your employees. So I had to sign all these things that I'm not related to Gary. <sighs> So it was actually kind of funny. It's actually kind of funny. And I still get Facebook friend requests sometimes <laughs> from so great. people who think they're Gary Ackerman's son. And I have to say, I'm sorry, wrong Ari Ackerman. That's great. I love yeah. it. You can tell when they're Gary's relatives and when they're like friends who are trying to friend me. It's right by fun. what they're asking, right? By what just, they're just by who, cause Gary by who they are. Gary Ackerman recently got on Facebook. Ah. Like, like six months ago. So now you're suffering the consequences. So yeah, so like, and he, like, so now everybody thinks that, like, and I'm, and he friended me pretty quickly after he got on Facebook. So now the people think that I'm that Ari. And I'm not Thank you for sharing your thoughts about <laughs> Nefesh Benefesh with us. It's much appreciated. You guys do amazing work. I'm proud to be here to support it. Appreciate that. Enjoy the rest of the flight. Thank you very much. There you go. It's Ari Ackerman, everybody. Entrepreneur, Nefesh Benefesh supporter, and somebody's very, very proud about the 232 Olim that joined 2,000 North American Olim this year and 57,000 who've made Aliyah with Nefesh Benefesh since 2002. More coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Ari Ackerman. Good luck to the Miami Marlins. Uh, finally, uh, Daniela Robinson, who's been an amazing uh, listener of ours for so long and no doubt still is in Israel and whose um, uh, parents have been uh, friends of ours for quite a while. Uh, she uh, and her family made Aliyah in July. We had an opportunity to speak with her. We'll relive that conversation now on Nefesh Benefesh Day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And now, here she is. Here she is, the lady who has been one of the most active JMNAM listeners and Nahum Siegel Network listeners for years, unabashedly. Somebody who takes great pride in being a listener. Somebody who made sure to introduce her children to us at JFK Airport. Somebody who hails from a family that cares about two things primarily, Israel and baseball. So how bad could she be? I mean, my gosh. At one time, she was known as Daniela Hallstuck. And today, I said that for Seth Gordon's benefit when he finds out that the whole stock is sitting next to me. But right now, she is Daniela Robinson. She is going with her family, if I have this right, is it New Haven to Efrat or West, West, Hartford, West, West Hartford, Hartford to Efrat? West Hartford, Connecticut to Efrat. Today, today is Aliyah Day. Day. Today will be the day that in the future, your kids and grandchildren are all going to remind you, hey, Safta... This is the day that we made that big switch. Yeah. And that must be cool experiencing this day like yeah. this with your family. It's interesting thinking that that's, you know, Mr. Sham, years from now, we'll look back and think of that. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. It's more thinking of where we are now and, right. and the transformational experience that my entire family um, is going through. I'm not the first one on, on my family to make Aliyah. Baruch Hashem, I've had three cousins that have made Aliyah. Uh, one two years ago and two 14 years ago. Nice. But on my husband's side, we're the first. Um, and uh, it was a, clearly a very emotional departure, uh, saying goodbye to many relatives of ours that came to JFK. Um, but you Did know, your father handle it well? You know, I, people have asked for months, how, are, how is everyone <laughs> doing about this move? And the common answer is it's bittersweet, right? right. Baruch Hashem, our parents... My husband's parents and my parents are very proud of us uh, for making this move, this bold move. 
yeah, they're going to miss us. So. Do they come to Israel a lot? Like, is, are they the types of parents where you'll hopefully we, be able to see them once in a while? My parents, yes, for sure. Mr. Uh, Shem, hopefully, Avi's parents will be able to come more. Very nice. Too, so. And you'll be living in Efrat. Yes. Do you know what neighborhood? Zayit. You'll be in Zayit. Yeah. Oh boy! I remember when Zayit was just starting, <laughs> and now it's a booming area, isn't it? Amazing. And the fact that they now have a uh, northern gate to Efrat helps a lot. It used to be you had to go all the way around oh. to get to Zayit. Now it's much closer. Yeah, Efrat was the place that I always dreamed about. Actually, being and being there and broadcasting from there, etc. I mentioned earlier my affinity, my love for Rabbi Riskin. Of course, he's the chief rabbi of Efrat. Uh, anyway, I'm waxing nostalgic as I speak to you here today. How many children, Jeff? Four. How are they doing? What ages? How are they doing with this whole journey? So my eldest is Chaya. She's almost nine, going into fourth grade. And then I have boy-girl twins, Avigal and Yehuda. They're five and a half, going into kindergarten, or as we call it, Mechina. Right. In, uh, in Efrat. And then I have a toddler, Ayala, who's 19 months. All right, Thank so God I, she's sleeping now. I guess, yeah, you're lucky, by the way. <laughs> I guess the nine-year-old would be the one that would give... You know, the if there would be major pushback, etc. But how has that experience been for her? So, thank God, Aliyah has been a topic of a conversation in our family for a few years now. So, it was always on the table. My husband was important. It was important to him to put in the back of their minds and and start the conversation with them. So, um, this past year, um, Chaya's Hebrew blossomed so so well. Wow! In the day school in West Hartford, um, the Best and Paul Siegel Hebrew Academy. I'll give a plug for yeah, West Hartford. Is that uh, for those that want to stay in America? We I will always wear the West Hartford hat. If you remember, two, three years ago, I was right. blessed to interview you. Right. Uh, be interviewed by you, I mean, um, at the OU, uh, OU Community, Community Fair, Fair right. and so I wore my hat tooting West Hartford, and I will always do that. Um, and the, the school had an amazing Hebrew language teacher that came to the school this year, and she just blew like blew out of the water. And highest Hebrew blossomed so much so she got the accent down pack so we feel that almost like Hashem sent her to the school for her for Chaya amazing um, so thank God um, Jewish radio you can say does help influence people to concentrate on Israel uh, it has a, that potential that's an understatement <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to be I'm trying to give a nice plug to what we do at the same time stay as modest as possible oh yeah I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago. Avi and I were listening to this broadcast yeah. and having dreams and and about what it'll be like to be on the charter flight, um, and just being so moved and inspired by your program that we were couldn't wait for our turn. The old Limar heroes, and now you get to be on that list of heroes, which is pretty oh, cool. Thank you. Pretty remarkable, the whole thing. I'll tell you. How did the neighbors in West Hartford deal with all this? Same thing. You know, they're proud, bittersweet. Um, Avi and I were very involved in the community. And Is that where Rabbi Brander's the rabbi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was very hard for us to leave, too. And, and what was so sweet was that we had such a warm send-off. And the week we left, I cried so many tears when people just kept bringing us gifts and food and good wishes. And people, you know, we were friendly with, but we weren't, like, super close with. And it was so touching that people went out of their way to wish us well um, when, when you know, they were proud of us for doing what we're doing. And we, they wanted to thank us for all the work that we did for How us. How many years are you there? Almost six. Very cool. Wow. Well, to the Robinson family, we say uh, Mazaltov. Thank you. 
Mazal Tov, Daniela. We wish you the best. I cannot wait to visit you in Efrat because I always say to people, you know, visit you, visit you. But Efrat is a place we really actually get to. So I would love to visit you, bring my family and say hi. We would love it. And see your new digs. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Mazal Tov to you and our best to the entire family. Thank you. There she is. We knew we'd speak to her on this flight. Uh, that's Daniela Robinson. And she's remarkable and has a fantastic family. And now they're going to be in Efrat, Israel, because of their commitment, knowing that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. That was Daniela Robinson, uh, Daniela Holstock Robinson, my conversation with her aboard the flight uh, in July with Nefesh Benefesh. Today is Nefesh Benefesh Day. August flight leaves later this afternoon. Charter flight from JFK to Ben Gurion. Mazal Tov to all the Olim, Shim Kramer, and all the Olim who are on today's August flight. Information about Nefesh Benefesh, 1 800 4 Aliyah, 1 800 4 Aliyah, or nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. Start your application to move from North America to the state of Israel. That's today's edition of JM Rewind. Thank you so much for joining us on this Nefesh Benefesh day. Plenty more coming up. Keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Shall we attend? Shall 
Do 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 do